Hey, Mountain. I'm so glad you are joining us. And if you're a guest, maybe it's your first time to connect with us. I'm so glad you are. I think what we share today is going to be really important and helpful for you on this important week. You know, some guy sent me a text saying that in the state where he lives, I think it was Washington or something like that, uh, because of COVID restrictions, the governor said only six people are allowed for Thanksgiving, but uh, 30 are actually allowed for a funeral. Okay, so he said, um, I'm going to be holding a funeral for my pet turkey that will pass away on Thursday, November 26th. Refreshments provided. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, right? If we're honest, you know, maybe both of those words seem a little out of place this year, don't they? Happy you kidding me? Seriously, it's 2020. And thanks, I mean, in light of the kind of year we have, maybe we feel a little more like this guy, right? You know, thanks for nothing, you mean. I'm calling this message, thanks anyway. Thanks anyway. Thanks anyway is something you say, like when someone offers you something that you don't want. I don't drink coffee. I've never even had a drink of it. So if you offer me a cup, I'm going to say, I'm good. Thanks anyway. I don't need it or want it, right? Or sometimes you use that phrase sarcastically, like when someone might say, hey, would you like some help with your homework? And you say, um, not from you. Thanks anyway, right? Uh, That's That's kind of what this whole year feels like to a lot of us about now. Like if 2020 comes along and says, hey, would you like me to tack on a few extra months, a little bonus month this year? We'd probably say, ah, please don't. I mean, seriously, thanks anyway. We're good. We've had enough. Thanks anyway. And if we're being honest, you know, the idea of being kind of all festive and happy and thankful this year might feel like a bit of a stretch for some of us. You know, I talked to someone this week who, who said, you know, this year, for me, it's, it stinks. He said, I don't want to have a stinksgiving dinner. I just want to skip it and go back to bed. Let's not have Thanksgiving. Thanks anyway. And I, and I get it. You know, I think we all get it. There, there's been a lot of hard stuff, a lot of stinky stuff. But, but what if I told you that that's exactly why Thanksgiving this year just might be the most important day or week or holiday of your year? And what if I told you it was a huge opportunity and I think a need actually for us to reset our minds and our hearts, a reset that I think a lot of us, I know I desperately need because of all this thinking and hard stuff. What what if I told you that there is a secret that can kind of give you the power to completely change what kind of year 2020 has been and will be? And that that secret power is available to you. It's within your reach. And if you'll seize it, it will absolutely change your outlook. It'll change your attitude, your perspective, has the capacity to change your emotional health, the mood of your relationships, your marriage, uh, through the same cruddy circumstances, but with a different look. And it'll make you look more like a genuine Jesus follower as well. That's what I want to talk about today. So, um, I'm going to tell you about a a short little passage in a book in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. He traveled all over and he helped start a small little church in a a town called Thessalonica. Today it's pronounced Thessaloniki. It's in Greece, so you know they're good people. 
he, he knew they needed uh, some more teaching and encouragement after he left, um, like we all do. So he writes them a letter under the inspiration of, of God through the Holy Spirit. And now that letter um, is not just words for them, but uh, it's captured in the New Testament. It's, it's helpful words for us. The, those people, they were, they were pretty scared ab- about some things. One of the things they were concerned about is some of their loved ones in the church had come to Christ, but then died before Jesus had returned. And they were like, hey, what's happened to them? And what about us? What if we die? And Paul wants to write to encourage them and teach them. And he says, you know what? It's, it's okay. It's, it's going to be okay. And he, and he talks about these big, huge themes that, that Christians just need to anchor your life on. He says, yes, you're going to have hard things. You're going to grieve when a fellow believer in Christ dies because you miss him. But he says, we don't grieve like others who have no hope. He talks about hope and, and this incredible power that Christ has that when he comes back, we're going to meet him in the air and, and that this life isn't all there is and that you can encourage each other with these words because we're going to be with one another and with the Lord. And he has all these other big picture, really important, huge things to say to these people that are going through these struggles. And then he's about to sign off his letter. And he does so in a very interesting way. After all of that big stuff, that truth that we live with inside of us, he says, as a result of those big truths, there's three marks of a genuine Christ follower. Uh, See if you can pick them out. I'm gonna read the verses right now. We'll put them on the screen. And you maybe write it in the chat or comments or something like that. If you can pick out the three marks Uh, of a Christ follower. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Here's what he says. As he's summing up his letter, he said all this big stuff, then he just signs off and says, always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Three marks of a genuine Christian. There's joy, there's prayer, and there's thanks. There's joy because true Christians aren't the grumpy ones, okay? The mean people, the jerks, people genuinely touched by the grace of God aren't like that. They have joy. Be joyful always, even in bad times, hard times, be joyful. And there is prayer because if you have a genuine relationship with God, there's gonna be real communication. There's prayer. But the one we're focusing on today and this week, and I think we need so desperately in a year like 2020, is that there's thanks. There's thanks in the heart, there's thanks on the lips of genuine Christ followers. Because they know that even in the darkest days, there are blessings to count. You know, when you face the sun, all the shadows fall behind you. But if you turn your back on the sun, all the shadows loom large out in front of you, don't they? And the Christian is one who faces into the light of God all the time, no matter what's going on, and gives thanks in all circumstances and all challenges, and and those shadows fall behind us and we're able to keep moving forward no matter what. Be thankful in all circumstances. If you belong to Christ, that is, be thankful always. So in a year like 2020, let me ask you, how are you doing with that? As we've dealt with all these challenges and hardship and frustrating uh, uh, announcements from the governor and whatever else, you know, are you facing into the light of God's goodness and giving thanks? Or does all this have you more down than you know what to do with, living and lurking in shadows of despair? The key is in the phrase, give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, 
all circumstances. Very often, of course, we know. What do we usually do? What do we usually do? We, we tether our thanks to our circumstances. So if things are going well, of course I feel thankful. If we feel good, we look good, our friends are there and all that, we have money, we, have, we, have, we land the job, you know, thing, we like how things are going. Of course, we, we tether thanks. They naturally flow out of good circumstances. But what about when you're broke, when you're sick, when you don't get the job, when things are going badly, when you're unhappy about some big thing, when you're in a pandemic, when it feels like stinksgiving, then what? Some of us have really been challenged this year. But the power, the secret sauce to a happy, joy-filled, peace, anxiety-free life is don't tether your circumstances and your thankfulness together. Uncouple them so your thankfulness can arise out of a different place that's not tied to your circumstances, but it's tied to Christ. If you can get your thanks to come from someplace else other than what's going on around you, well, then thanks comes up from within you and you've got something nobody can ever take away from you. And I, I think that's one of the most important traits of a person, like whatever you want to call this, their, their gratitude quotient. Like how when you peel away all the surface stuff about who you are and what a person is like and you go down deep beneath polite expressions and social obligations where we say please and thank you and all that stuff, Way down deep, how genuinely grateful are you to, to see blessing and grace tucked and hidden in every breath, in every moment of every day, in every person? Are you a grateful person? Do you think and feel with an attitude of gratitude? I think for me, 2020 has been a gift because I like to think of myself as a thankful person most of the time. But you know what? This whole year is exposing us. It's laying us bare and naked. And if we had before a little bit of a shallow basis of thankfulness where it was tethered to our circumstances, all that has gone away. And in all the stinkiness, you know, maybe now we can finally have an opportunity to go past our circumstantial thanks, which is really not thanks at all, but just a form of entitlement and find our way to true, genuine thanks in all circumstances. Because when you can be truly thankful in every circumstance, well, then you, you, you've just got something that is super powerful. When it comes from Christ, not circumstances, well, you've got something nobody can take away. Where, where does your gratitude come from? When you feel gratitude, is it just because something good happens or is it grounded to something deeper? It isn't going to be affected like the, the stock market moving up and down and we never know where it's going to go and what it's going to do. When you have that, you look at the world and you have a different set of lenses and instead of just griping or complaining or noting all the losses and frustrations and pains and problems, even in the midst of all that, you can obey this word from 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. How are you doing with that? I, I can't help but think of Carla's sister, Lynette Rivas, whenever I, whenever I read this verse, because it was her life verse. She, she claimed it. She talked about it. She put it on her stationery, and she lived it. Lynette died suddenly when she was 38 on the mission field. And leaving behind um, uh, her husband, Alberto, and a daughter, Abigail, who was four at the time, and Jonathan, who was just a few months old at the time. 
and a classroom full of kids that she loved and taught in a school and a mission work in mid-stride and all of us, she left behind just shell-shocked. She wasn't even sick. She just was gone in a moment. And at the memorial, memorial service, I, I, I searched for words to say because we were obviously so sad and just felt this deep loss. But like Paul said, the people gathered there were people of such deep faith that they, they grieved, but not like people who didn't have hope. They had that big picture Paul was talking about. The lament was real and the hearts were sad, but as we thought about her life and about our hope and the ministry and the goodness of God, even in the difficulty, well, we remembered verses like weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning and all these big picture things about how Jesus is stronger than death. It changes how you go about your ordinary everyday life and we came to realize not only was that helping us in that moment of grief, it was how Lynette lived her life and it makes so much sense now when I look back. Her favorite verse, give thanks in all circumstances. She lived it. You know, Lynette, you would not think if you met her that she was a particularly remarkable person if you didn't know her. I mean, she wasn't even a straight-A student. She was good in school. But I mean, you know, she wasn't, she, she, she was active, but she wasn't particularly like an amazing athlete. She would never be on the cover of some fashion magazine for her fine nine-inch frame and high cheekbones. No, she was kind of, she was kind of short and just, you know, she, she used to joke that somehow her sisters got all the hair gene and they, their hair grew like weeds and, and her, her hair took forever to even grow up past her collar. She always made fun of herself in that way, but Despite anything you might say, she had this incredibly sunny disposition, full of joy, lived her life, be joyful always, praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances. I watched her do it. It was like a testimony. It's like a legacy of her life. In all circumstances, you can give thanks, even if you're single for a long time like she was and waited till she was 33 years old to find the man that God wanted her to marry. Yeah, she did that. Give thanks even if your first teaching job in a Christian school pays wages that were barely enough to survive on. Yeah, she gave thanks in that. Give thanks even when your long-awaited pregnancy ends in miscarriage. I saw her give thanks in that. She served in a remote part of the Dominican Republic and it was hard. The roads were rough and filled with potholes. You know, you couldn't know if you were going to do dishes or not because you never knew when you'd have electricity or Wi-Fi. The water might be contaminated. House was dusty because the windows and doors were always open with all this stuff coming in and out. Security was tough. They, they, they had this concrete block wall surrounding their house with broken glass bottles as their kind of security uh, trying to protect them. And, and they, they just lived with constant financial pressure as a missionary, separated by miles from her family that she loved. She hated public speaking, but her husband didn't speak English very well in those days. And so when they went to visit churches on furlough, she was the one who got up to speak. And when she did, you know what those people saw? I saw with my own eyes. They saw it too. They saw someone who was joyful always and thankful in her circumstances. And seeing that displayed over and over again, it was like her life gave a testimony to the secret power of gratitude. And at her funeral, it made it a lot easier for us to do the same, even in our grief. We gave thanks for her and her life and her ministry and our Lord. I wonder, 
What kind of testimony is your life giving? Thanks, when it's not tethered to your circumstances, but to Christ himself. It's the most powerful force in the world. It reorients our minds. It kind of retrains our brains. It pulls us out of selfishness. You know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I can get into dark places just like the rest of us. Sometimes in my mind, I get this unhealthy train of thought going. Bible calls that the flesh. I don't think it comes from God. I I can give you a hundred examples. One, I I sometimes might get sideways with Carla about something. I get angry and so upset and I get hurt, you know, or something like that. But then I, I see my friend Don's wife, Gail, dying of cancer and I realize, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for my wife. And then when my head gets filled with truth, my heart gets filled with gratitude and everything changes. And all of that ugly, fleshly, backward, toxic, negative, what about me entitlement thinking goes out the window because gratitude flushes it and purges it like that. And we all need a big dose of that to come into our minds so it can come into our hearts so we can have the same thing happen to us in 2020. I can get frustrated with mountain not meeting in person. I can get sad about it, impatient about it. Poor old me, poor old us. Or I get some angry email from somebody ranting on about rah, rah, why aren't you doing blah, blah, blah. It can be difficult. But then I, I think of brothers and sisters in Christ who are we're in, ch- in the church in China and they're underground and they've got all this government real persecution. I realize Mountain is still bearing all this incredible fruit and there's life change and good stuff happening and groups are still meeting and the church is alive and well and people say, this church has changed our marriage, our children, my outlook, my mission, my eternity and my perspective is changed and gratitude gets in my head and then in my heart and it wells up and it makes me want to tether my gratitude to Christ. Friend, I'm begging you to do that this year. It'll beat down your selfishness and your pride and your self-pity and all that toxic stuff. When we have biblical faith, you can start by saying, yes, God, go to God, be honest. It's sad, I'm, I'm hurting, it's hard. This is, I don't like this, I feel, say whatever you need to do, get it all out and then pause and let your heart make the turn to the place where you say, yet I'm gonna say thanks anyway. I'm gonna feel and think gratitude and then I'm gonna express it. It's a horrible thing when you feel gratitude and you don't know who to express it to. But we know All good gifts come from the Father of lights. The most beautiful one is in Jesus Christ. And we express gratitude to God for who he is and for his tender mercies every day. Make that turn. And that'll make you a powerful person in the sense that you will be able to overcome so many bad circumstances. Can I just remind us of a couple things? Um... I know a lot of stuff's been canceled this year. We could probably, you could maybe make a list of things right now in your head of all the things that got canceled, whether it was your graduation or a certain event you were looking forward to or, you know, your sports season or, or whatever it was. But just, I saw something the other day that kind of remind me, you know what, not everything's been canceled. You know what, I was outside today in the driveway and I just had a moment where I'm so thankful God just, I felt sunshine, as Don Denver would say, uh, on my shoulder and made me happy, because <laughs> guess what? Sunshine isn't canceled. And we need to be the kind of people that 
say thank you for that. Love's not canceled. Put in the chat something that you're really glad is not canceled. Friendship's not canceled. Reading is not canceled. You know what? A good joke is not canceled. A belly laugh is not canceled. Dogs are not canceled. Cats are up in the air. Music is not canceled. Dancing is not canceled. Imagination, stories, uh, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia has not been canceled. You can still read that to your children. Kindness is not canceled. FaceTime, as I talked to my parents and my sister the other night, not canceled. The child sponsorship that we're, we're participating in at Mount, not canceled. Hope is not canceled. Thanksgiving is not canceled. You can say it's been a stinky year, and it has, but you can also say this, I'm going to give thanks anyway. Thanks anyway, because you trust God, and God is good, and God isn't canceled, and you can count on God, and as long as you can count on God, you can count your blessings. That's pretty good. I'm going to say it again. If you can count on God, you can count your blessings. A lot of you know the story of Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, World War II, she and her sister lived in these barracks in uh, a Nazi concentration camp called Ravensbrück. And amidst that just almost unimaginable horror and the circumstances of death all around and gas chambers and starvation and forced labor and horrible things, in those terribly overcrowded conditions, they had another problem. Fleas. It's completely flea infested. Miraculously, they'd been able to smuggle this Bible into the camp. And in that Bible, they read a verse that we're talking about today. It said, give thanks in all circumstances. They also read Romans 8, 28, that said, God can use anything for good. And Corey's sister, Betsy, said, we need to do that. She decided if they were going to give thanks for all things, that that meant thanking God for the fleas. And this was like too much for Corey. She's like, no, I will do no such thing. But Betsy insisted. And eventually Corey gave in and they secretly prayed together to God and they thanked God for their circumstances, even the fleas. Over the next several months, strangest thing happened. The guards stopped entering the barracks where the women lived, which meant that the women were no longer assaulted and abused. It also meant that they were able to do something almost unimaginable, which was to hold open Bible studies and prayer meetings in the heart of a Nazi concentration camp. And through this, countless numbers of women came to faith in Christ. Only at the end of the war, when they somehow miraculously survived, did they discover why the guards had left them alone and would not enter their barracks. You know why, don't you? It was the fleas. So yeah, James 1.17 says, give thanks to God for every good and perfect gift that comes from God. But our verse for today says, it's maybe the perfect one for us because it says, thank him not just for the stuff that looks good and great, but thanks him. thank him for the stuff that stinks at the time. Thank him because you trust that he's gonna work all things together for good. Thank him for the fleas. <laughs> There's a lot of fleas, a lot of stinky stuff this year. I'm telling you, your ability to give thanks in all circumstances is more important right now this year than ever. Can I just encourage you to say thanks anyway? I will give thanks anyway. God, it's not been an awesome year for me. This 
stinks, this hurts, but thank you anyway, because I trust you, even with fleas. Jesus one day, Luke chapter 17, says he was on his way to Jerusalem and he got to this certain area and as he entered this village, there were these 10 lepers who stood there crying out to him, Jesus, master, please, we have mercy on us. Help us, help us. We're in such desperate need. And Jesus just tells them, go show yourself to the priest, which was a sign that they had perhaps been cleansed and were going to be certified as able to enter back into society. Because as you know, the lepers, they were, they were pulled apart from their family, their jobs. They were condemned to live as outcasts. It was horrible. And so they all ran to their bosses and, and said, I, I can have my job back. Nine of them ran all over like rabbits, all excited back to their families, hugging their kids, all of that again. One of them, one of the 10, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And the Bible says that he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Picture this scene. And he thanked Jesus for what he had done for him. That man was a Samaritan. And Jesus says, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God, to say thank you, except this one foreigner? And Jesus said to that one, your faith is healed. You stand up and, and go home. Yeah, yeah uh, That's a hard story to hear and a beautiful and an important story to hear because Jesus healed and cleansed and gave new life to 10 people and one came back to say thank you. Maybe the most important question any of us can answer this Christmas is simply this one. Am I the nine or am I the one? If you want to grow in your relationship with God, say thanks to God for everything. If you want to free yourself from being small and selfish and an entitled jerk, say thank you a lot. If you want to free yourself from all the depressing news of 2020, say thank you more often. And if you don't say thank you a lot, it's not that you haven't received very much. That's what you'll tell yourself, but it's not true. It's just that you're not thinking about it. In Spanish, the word thanks is what? Anybody know? Gracias. It means grace. And it's a reminder that we have all these hidden graces that slide our way, thousands of them every day. And they were all one of the ten. And we can be like the nine that run away and forget about it. Or we can be like the one who says, gracias, this is grace. And when you recognize that you didn't have it coming, that you're not entitled to it, that it's a gift and it comes from God, it turns your heart and your head and you say, thank you. That's what we do. Sometimes we don't know what God's up to. God's in the fleas. Sometimes we just have to remember that God's in the fleas. And we have to remember that gratitude isn't tied to our circumstances. It's a choice. It's a perspective. But all 10 men were healed of leprosy. Nine were like, it's about time. And one, one turned and looked for the giver of that grace gift. Be like that guy. So this week, I, I threw out something on Facebook and just said, hey, 
Do some of you know what this looks like in real life? Like where you can give thanks in all circumstances? And some of you, many of you responded. Can I just, I'll share some of those stories. Go to my page and read them. It's so inspiring. Can I share a few of them with you? And as I tell you these stories, at the end of each one, we're going to say together, give thanks in all circumstances. And as we say those words, let it sink into your heart. Say it out loud with me as we get to the end of each one. Melinda said two years ago they moved into their home in Iowa and it flooded in a freak weather event and literally two days after they closed, they had three feet of water in their basement and two feet in the garage. All these unpacked boxes and furniture in it and everything. Her husband, Chris, and, and she were out at the time and um, four of their kids plus two friends were at home when it all happened. And they tried for three hours to get home and they had dying phone batteries and scared kids and all that. But over the next few days and weeks, and still even today, she says, instead of focusing on the bummer of all of that and the negativity and the losses, uh, they've tried to show and feel gratitude that God protected our kids, that, that God surrounded us with amazing people that showed up the next morning to carry boxes and all the wet ruined stuff and that God made himself known in the financial burden of it in a very special way for them. And he said, she says, it was a truly sucky thing to go through and I wouldn't recommend it for anyone but he showed us he's there walking with us and before us and everything in a way we never would have known. I genuinely believe we learned so much that we would not have learned and we grew closer to each other and to the Lord because because of what we went through. Give, say it with me, give thanks in all circumstances. Caden says uh, he has an immune deficiency that's caused him to be under extreme quarantine measures since March. He says, I can't even see friends. I can't go anywhere without my respirator. The flu has been known to hospitalize me, so this virus probably would be something I wouldn't live through. But even through all this quarantine period, I was able to get married in my wife's parents' backyard. And I have to say, We've been so grateful that as a newlywed, we, we, we've been able to give marriage undivided attention over the last five months. We didn't have any outside distractions and we got to figure out how marriage works. So I'm learning how to be thankful for everything. Give thanks in all circumstances. Doris wrote me and said, I'm grateful for the alcoholism in my family. What? She says, because it's the best thing in my life at the same time as being the worst thing in my life. She said, alcoholism led me to the 12 steps which led me to Jesus and knowing Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I wouldn't give up my personal spiritual growth for anything in the whole wide world. So alcoholism gave me the greatest gift of my life. Thank God. Say it with me. Give thanks in all circumstances. Anne said it was a cancer diagnosis that brought chemo and surgery and radiation for a full year. And during those months of chemo, she kept waking up at 3 a.m. to address her stomach needs. And it was so upsetting for her. She needed the rest and she couldn't get it. But she began just to kind of flip it around and read her Bible more during those long hours of the night. And when she would wake up, she started to look forward to that uninterrupted time with God where she just poured out her heart and his word filled her. And she says, I'm still learning to walk in that. Give thanks in all circumstances. I have a really good friend, Daryl. He said, Ben, you probably remember how my wife, Sandra, had a massive hemorrhage stroke uh, 16 years ago. And they were told that she would have a full recovery in a few weeks. And after seven weeks, she was released from the hospital, but no recovery. 
Then they were assured that recovery of the brain damage could sometimes take up to six months after the event. After six months, they were told, yeah, sometimes recovery can take up to a year after the brain bleed. And after a year, they were told, yeah, sometimes it takes even two years. It didn't. And eventually they had to learn to live with the fact that she's paralyzed on the entire left side of her body and always will be in this life. And Daryl says, we were both so disappointed and angry and confused, but over time, we learned to accept the fact that till death do us part, she would be disabled and I would be her caregiver. And that at the end of our lives, we could look back on months or years of our lives as time that was marked primarily by frustration and anger or bitterness. Or we could look back on months or years of gratitude. And we chose gratitude. We decided to look for blessings in this new life and new relationship. He goes on to say how they found the blessings. We're closer than we've ever been. I've decided that being her caregiver is an honor. She needs me and every act of service is a statement of my love. I've seen how strong and courageous she is and I admire and celebrate it every day. And then he says, you know, we were able to retire a few years ago, but our financial resources are very limited, social security only. But even that, keeps us from being frustrated because of the fact that Sandy can't go and do very many things because we can't afford to travel anyway and she'd rather stay in her familiar comfortable home surroundings now and she'd rather be there than the most expensive resort on earth. We have chosen contentment. It works. Give thanks in all circumstances. One more from another dear close friend who said after receiving my wife's diagnosis of Alzheimer's last year, I've experienced waves of grief for the bits and pieces of our life together that are beginning to crumble away. But I've tried to regularly include the, the T in that ACTS prayer acronym, the one that stands for thanks when I pray. And boy, has that helped keep me on track. And the fact is I have so much to be grateful for. Her symptoms aren't that severe and we have support from loving friends. We have amazing family. We have access to excellent medical care. Our, our home is comfortable. Our meal table is always full and I've, I'm finding meaningful avenues of service. My health is reasonably good. I, I, I'm challenged to thank God for all we now have. Listen now, realizing that too often we do not appreciate what we have until we have lost it. Better to be grateful now than bitter later. Give thanks in all circumstances. Friend, what's your story? What's your living testimony? It's been a stinky year, but you don't have to spend stinks giving thinking about it. Because this year it's more important than ever to say thanks anyway. And aim that thanks to the giver of all good gifts Slow down and take the time as you gather with your family. As you get in the living room or on a Zoom or maybe around the dinner table, take some time to say, what are we really thankful for? Count your blessings, the stuff that's not canceled. Sunshine, food, family, and friends. Name some of the hidden blessings, the time with one another, the things that have turned out to be for good that surprised you. And then name the fleas, the things that still seem yucky and stinky and hard, but that you're just going to trust God that he knows what he's doing so that you might give thanks 
in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.